Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Tuesday, folks. We're going to be uh, hopefully continuing on with our NFL final thoughts with the AFC North today. Getting all of our final thoughts written down on the record for what we just saw in this uh, NFL season. Capped off with the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Want to get all of our final thoughts down on every single team before we get into the whirlwind of the uh, of the offseason that is truly picking up day by day. I mean, the big ginormous story breaking yesterday, folks. Uh, a certain NFL player doing a certain thing that you're not allowed to do when you are part of a professional sports team and he did it and he got caught and that's one year out of the league for the man just like that so man oh man we're already getting into the craziness that is the offseason and then we still got lawsuits to look forward to Brian Flores lawsuit Deshaun Watson lawsuit I mean folks folks we're not even in the official new league year yet do you do you understand what is happening here this is going to be one of the craziest off seasons we've got the Aaron Rodgers uh decision coming down the pipe really any any minute now according to Aaron Rodgers oh it's gonna be soon but I can't do it now you know because Aaron Rodgers gotta play the waiting game blah 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 um so Man, oh man, this offseason is truly picking up, but once again, don't want to kind of get into the uh, the swing of the offseason and then lose what we knew happened this season, gets lost in the shuffle, and then our perception of what actually happened last season is distorted, and then, you know, when we go to be bad, you know, when we go bad, you know, weeks one, two, and three, and we don't, you know, and we kind of got uh, mixed up in our thought process, and then we're off to a slow start betting next season because we didn't get it right last year we don't want any of that folks we need to get our final thoughts down we should should be able to squeeze in the AFC North today should but y'all know uh, so we got to do that today on the show, breaking down the NBA from last night, betting on the NBA tonight. I mean, we did pretty good last night, folks. Yes, yes. Our sponsors let, her, let us down, but we'll take care of that. And then uh, some quick NFL stories. Obviously, we got to cover the story, folks. The story. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We got to cover the story. Of course, we got to cover the story. So all that today on the show. But uh, let's start with the NBA, and then we will shift gears to the NFL after that. So let's see what happened in the NBA last night. We had three bets going. Uh, we had a great value bet. We had a face our fears, do uh, swallow a big point spread bet, and then we bet on our sponsors. And for the most part, we did good besides our sponsors, and we'll talk about that when we get there, folks. But let's start here with the first game up. It's the Hawks at the Pistons, and this was our best bet of last night, folks. Do not 
can't sleep on the Pistons. Another team that needs to be added to your kind of betting radar, folks. We had two teams already that we love, that Vegas is still kind of undervaluing, that the national media and the public are undervaluing, that we have been able to cash in on, you know, pretty regularly over the last two weeks, I would say. Those two teams were the Mavericks and the Pelicans, and now I think we have to add the Detroit Pistons to that list of three slept-on teams that we are getting great value with consistently. And last night, we had the Pistons plus seven and a half points. Oh my goodness, what great value is that? Because not only did they not need any of those seven points... They win the game outright, folks. They win by three points, win into overtime. I thought we were going to get a little hose, like we just got hosed on the Pelicans a couple of nights ago where the Pelicans were winning all game long. They miss a free throw late. It goes in overtime, and then they, oh my goodness, floundered big time in overtime and uh, lose the game, don't cover the three and a half and all that. I thought we were going to get the same scenario like that last night. Pistons, uh, really kind of, really good all game long. Hawks had the majority of the lead, but the Pistons kept it close, kept it close, and then overtook the lead, had a nice lead in the fourth quarter, beefed it at the end of the game, missing a free throw. It goes into overtime, but luckily, thankfully, the Pistons keep their foot on the pedal in overtime and get the nice three-point win. 113 to 110 so bingo bango hit the Pistons plus seven and a half stop sleeping on this Pistons team folks Jeremy Grant Cade Cunningham Sadiq Bay truly get it done and then for the Hawks I mean we still don't know if this is a good team and this Hawks team isn't being as kind of clutch in those big money shots by Trey Young uh really kind of uh John Morant and Trey Young are kind of the same player but this season, you're only hearing one of those two players' name, and that's John Morant, and for rightful reasons, John Morant's been going absolutely manic this season. The Grizzlies are kind of the third seed competing for that number two seed in the Western Conference. When we're, when we're, when we look at where, when we look at this Hawks team, Trey Young, you know, fighting for a play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference, a little bit of the Eastern Conference. So, man, oh man, we don't even know if this Hawks team is good, and Vegas has the gall. The gall to go minus seven and a half last night, folks. It's absolutely absurd what they did. So last night in overtime, Hawks down three points here. Trey Young has a chance to go into overtime, tie it up. A deep three that we know Trey Young can hit, but it ends up coming up a little bit short. And then they get the offensive rebound. And I believe this is John Collins throwing up uh, kind of another last second wide open three. And that's way off the mark. So this this Hawks team has no swagger about them like they had last season. Trey Young, you know, isn't, you know, top five player in the league currently like he was last season. This Hawks team has no explosiveness, no clutch ability, nothing bone chilling, uh, cold blooded. They've got nothing like that on their team. And the fact that uh, Vegas is still kind of pretending that this is one of the upper echelon teams in the NBA, folks, do not get wrapped up in all of that, folks. This Hawks team we don't even know if they're good you know screw them being great or one of the best teams in the league we don't even know if this is a good team I don't even think this is a good team anymore folks and how truly unfortunate when you got you know Trey Young and Clint Capella and Bogdanovich who came up pretty big in this game but 
man, oh man, Hawks super disappointing after what we just saw last season. That's really all it is. So truly unfortunate there. But let's uh, talk about the winning team. Let's talk about the greatness that we're starting to potentially see develop and unfold into something magnificent. Is this going to be a team that we're talking about for a little bit here? I hope so. Pistons keep getting it done. Absolutely. But they got it done last night. Cade Cunningham, 28 points. 10 assists. Yes, yes, yes. Love all of that. Isaiah Stewart at the 5. Only played 9 minutes. Hoping this man is good to go. We get Jeremy Grant, 23 big old points. Well done by Jeremy Grant. And then Sadiq Bey kind of letting us down last night, but they were still able to overcome that and still get the win. So we didn't have the Isaiah Stewart for the entire game. We had Sadiq Bey being super lackluster, and the Pistons are still able to win. This is why they have big old green flags, according to us here, because they're still being able to overcome, even if they're kind of big three, don't get it done on a nightly basis. And it was big thanks to the the bench. Marvin Bagley, 19 points, 10 rebounds off the bench, having to step up for a no Isaiah Stewart, and he gets it done. That's big time great right there. And then we get Killian Hayes, 13 points and 6 assists and 4 rebounds, also coming off the bench, folks. So, this Pistons team, everybody stepping it up. Cade Cunningham being the facilitator, being the leading scorer, being what he needs to be for this Pistons team to continue to be on track. Do not sleep on the Pistons. I know they haven't been relevant since like 2004 but here they are folks back at it trying to climb the ladder let's uh take a quick look let's refresh these standings pistons i really i'm champion i really want to start gushing over this pistons team of getting into the playing tournament i would like to see this team make a little bit of noise so far pistons man oh man they they were so trash in the beginning of the season folks truly but currently the 14th seed in the eastern 14th seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, folks, they got to make up 13 games. I mean, 14 games out here. Uh, and that's just to potentially. I mean, the Hawks are at the 10th seed. That's who they're kind of competing with. So, well done for beating them last night. But doesn't even make a dent in the standings overall. So, truly unfortunate for this Pistons team. I mean, you're going to have to kind of win 14 straight games. Hope the Hawks lose 14 straight games. And then also hope the Wizards and Knicks and the Pacers don't win any games in that meantime time either so man oh man it's not looking good for the pistons folks but don't tell them because we want them to keep their foot on the pedal so we can keep cashing out for the rest of the season even though they've really got nothing to play for but pistons hey better late than never and maybe they can maybe uh use some of this momentum at the end of this season, carry it over next season and maybe we talk about the pistons next season as a good team right from the rip that's really all we can hope for. But uh, I guess we'll try to be a little optimist here. And let's uh, say the Pistons have still uh, a chance. I think we can leave it at that. They've got a, there's a chance. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not impossible. So I guess there is a little bit of a chance. Not a great chance, but it's a chance. So they got the chance. <laughs> they got the chance, folks. All right, and then for the Hawks, and they had really a great game by everybody. Everybody was producing really kind of well. Trey Young, only 14 points. That's 
Ba that's the, probably the, the biggest knock from last night. Trey Young, 14 points on 25% shooting. I mean, we know Trey Young needs to kind of be the facilitator on the score on the floor, but also kind of one of the main scorers. And 14 points, that's really not going to cut it for Trey Young last night. So, Trey Young, inefficient scoring-wise. Everything else pretty solid. Bogdan Bogdanovich back in the starting lineup at the 2 here. And he puts up 22 points, leads the team in scoring. Went 2 of 11 from 3, so it wasn't great from the three but still the 22 points he had six assists five rebounds this game got a little wonky in like the final minutes. Uh, they called a foul on Bogdan Bogdanovich that set the that sent the Pistons to the free throw line, and then it seems like the kind of refs did like a little bit of a makeup call on the Hawks because in the final minute, in the final second, excuse me, uh, you know there was two fouls and they both went to the free throw line, and that's how we get into overtime. So it was a little wonky at the end of this game, uh, but Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, did do a little bit of a silly tic-tac call foul that did get called but in return the Hawks got to call themselves to following you know half a second later but uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich solid game plus four overall on the field or uh, on the floor so we'll take that Clint Capella, 9 points to 12 boards. We had John Collins, 17 points, 11 rebounds. Always, you know, reliable there. DeAndre Hunter, 15 points. And then off the bench, Daniel Gallinari, 14 points. Lou Williams, 13 points. Getting it done, but unfortunately just come up three points short in overtime. And that's what we're saying about the Hawks. I mean, they couldn't, you know, close it out in regulation. Uh, they missed a free throw. Who missed a free throw here? Because uh, Hawks go to the line, and if they made both free throws, they would have won the game in regulation. It was, yeah, John Collins misses the first free throw, down one, goes to the line to shoot two, misses the first one, makes the second one, and then it's tied and it goes into overtime. So, John Collins truly kind of beefing this game. Once again, there's no clutch ability on this Hawks team. Having a chance to win the game in regulation at the free throw line, you don't take that opportunity. And then it goes into overtime and you're not kind of, you know, uh, you know, ice in the veins from shooting on the floor. You know, you're missing shots you're not being clutch so this Hawks team folks they don't know how to win anymore they don't know how to close out games there's no uh big time energy there's no you know uh buzz surrounding this team so man oh man I still really can't believe it folks the gall that Vegas has folks the gall to make them minus seven and a half last night was just absolutely absurd folks it's absurd and folks once again Vegas is still slipping there's always going to be great value you just know you need to know how to read the numbers and kind of parse through it and see what is the great value and that's kind of what we uh strive to do here on the show folks i'm all about finding that great value and man oh man did we find it last night absolutely so pistons get the win 113 to 110 all right, next game up here, Bulls at the 76ers. And once again, this Bulls team is not legit. Another team um, that we could potentially get great value with in the eyes of Vegas. Vegas is still holding this Bulls team to a high standard for some reason. We still don't understand it, but they get blown out by the 76ers last night. 76ers win 121 to 106. Bulls can't finish in the fourth quarter. They didn't even really have a lead the entire game, but made it close a little bit late in the third quarter, a little early in the fourth quarter. But once again, this 76ers team playing an entire full, full, 
four full quarters of basketball looking good from starting whistle to ending whistle. Once again, the 76ers endurance is at basically the top. The, the, you can't get any better here. And once again, the fatigue factor is potentially the thing that ruins the entire season for the 76ers. So, you know, our little new meter that we're going to be having, the 76ers endurance meter, it is at 100%. And we need it as high as it can be for as long as it can be here. So 76ers still checking out here. Absolutely love it. Joel Embiid goes 43 points, 14 rebounds, and he only went to the line 16 times for, you know, 12 of his 43 points. So it wasn't like the last game where he went to the line 30 times, and that's how he got all of, all of his points. So Joel Embiid still doing his thing, 43 points, 14 rebounds. James Harden, 16 points, 14 assists. Tyrese Maxey, 17 points doing his thing. Tobias Harris, still a little iffy of finding his true rhythm on this team. Only 8 points last night on 40% shooting. Uh, Georges Niang, though, coming off the bench. 18 minutes, the most minutes by a bench performer last night for the 76ers, which is absolutely fantastic. We really want and need Georges Niang to be the kind of sixth man for this 76ers team, and that's exactly what he did last night. 14 points, two assists, three rebounds in 18 minutes. Yes, sir. So, everything is truly checking out big time for the 76ers team, and they get the win last night. All right, and then for the Bulls, ooh, DeMar DeRozan, and oh, once again, everybody's going crickets as soon as, as soon as the national media bought into DeMar DeRozan, he's taken a step back, folks, okay? So once again, the national media, they are on the right topic at the wrong time, the wrong time. We were discussing DeMar DeRozan in the MVP discussion like two weeks before that, at minimum two weeks. I would say even maybe a full month, but... All right, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, give the national media a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. But, I mean, folks, they're behind, folks. They're behind, and that's exactly where you get kind of screwed by Vegas. When you go to bet on these teams, if you are, you know, a game, a game narrative behind like the national media is, I mean, I, I want to know who was taking the Pistons plus 7.5 besides us last night, honestly. I, I don't know. I didn't check it. But I would like to see if everybody was pulled national media-wise on that Hawks Pistons game, I would I would guarantee that 95% of the national media would be like, oh my god, Hawks minus 7.5, that's easy money, even though they're on the road, that's easy money, and folks, you know what we're saying, alright, we bet it, we hit it, we bet it, bingo, bang, okay, you know what we mean, folks, so... They're behind on this Bulls team. They were behind on the DeMar DeRozan MVP. And uh, this Bulls team, once again, not being able to beat a top-tier elite team. What have we said, folks, once again? At the midpoint of the season, the All-Star break, we went through and counted the quality wins of kind of the top performing teams in this league, and the Bulls had the worst out of the top 14 statistical record-wise teams in the league. The Bulls had the worst quality wins of them all, folks, and we're talking about the Timberwolves having more quality wins. Like, the play-in tournament seventh seeds were having more quality wins than at the time. I think the Bulls were what? The one, two, three seeds, something like that. So, folks, 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 the media were just behind on this Bulls team. There's no bettability here on this Bulls team unless they're facing a trash team. And then, you know, the spread's going to be Bulls minus, you know, 12. And at that point, is that even good value? Do we even know if the Bulls can cover 12 points against a bad team now? So, everything's in question with this Bulls team. They're going to have to truly start proving things to us um, really kind of urgently and rapidly if they want to kind of 
of, you know, be on the the bright side of takes by fans and not on the knocking side of every time we're talking about this Bulls team having to knock them. We don't like it, but that's unfortunately what it has come to because if you're not showing us anything on the floor, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. You know, we're going to call it like we see it in this Bulls team is really not clutch or good or they're, they're not great. They're good because they've got DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and AO and Kobe White, but they're not being able to string it together and bring it home to win these games. And Vucevic is letting us down. The big is letting us down. The big is really the main person letting us down on this Bulls team, which is, you know, uh, do y'all not know what the season is? This is the season of the big. So if your big is truly the one holding you back, ooh, yikes, good luck in the good luck in the playoffs, yes? So the Bulls, man, DeMar DeRozan, 23 points, but on 35% shooting. Where's the national media talking about DeMar DeRozan now? When he was shooting 70%, they loved him. 35%, it's crickets, right? Mm. All right, but he had uh, he had 23 points. He had eight assists and 11 rebounds, so all that was great. Just not efficient. Javante Green, nothing good. Five points on 28% shooting. We had Vucevic not even playing last night, so Tristan Thompson had to step up into the starting role, and he didn't do bad. Had to play 30 minutes last night, 13 points, nine rebounds. I give Tristan Thompson some credit going against, you know, Joel Embiid. Yeah, I mean, it was a solid game. What more really could you ask out of Tristan Thompson here? Zach Levine puts up 24 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds, real solid performance. Ayo uh, is still at the 1, 11 points, 4 assists. Kobe White still coming off the bench, 19 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds, so that was pretty solid by him. But overall, man, this Bulls team, um, yeah, the stats look pretty good, but the win-loss column doesn't reflect that. So 76ers get the nice win here, 121 to 106. All right, next game up here, we got the Rockets at the Heat, and the Heat get back on track with a nice win here, winning 123-106. Victor Oladipo's first game back, and we didn't make a big fuss out of that yesterday, and I kind of apologize, uh, just because the Heat were on the back-to-back, so we didn't really talk about the Heat last night um, in their upcoming game, Uh, but yeah, Victor Oladipo, back last night, he is on a hard minutes restriction, uh, so he's not in the starting lineup, and he only played 15 minutes on the bench, he's on a hard 15-minute restriction, we'll see how many games uh, that kind of goes with. We saw when Clay Thompson came back, maybe like the first three or four games, it was really kind of 15 to 19 minutes. And then really after five games, it was like, all right, he's back. He's in the starting lineup. He's playing, you know, as many minutes as he wants tonight. So we'll see how cautiously this uh, Heat take Victor Oladipo, but definitely expect at least the next game, maybe the next two games having minutes restrictions. And then we'll see what they do with them. Definitely going to see him at the two, I'm assuming. I don't want Duncan Robinson in the starting lineup anymore. Uh, so We'll see how long we get till Victor Oladipo's in the starting lineup. But he did play last night, 15 minutes off the bench, 11 points, 4 assists, looked good. Yeah, love seeing that man back out on the floor. So this should really kind of all come together for the Heat, and we really should start seeing the Heat from really kind of now on be the dominant team in the Eastern Conference alongside the 76ers. So it really should be 76ers and the Heat and the Bucks kind of vying for the top roles, the top seeds in the Eastern Conference where everybody else starts to kind of, you know, fade out a little bit. Um, So, Victor Oladipo, solid work off the bench. One second, folks. Excuse us. All right. 
So, Victor Oladipo off the bench. Real solid, 11 points, 4 assists. Uh, we had Kyle Lowry back in the starting lineup. Liked seeing that, but he scored no points. Only took 3 shots, no points. Only had really 5 assists and 3 rebounds to go along with it. But, hey, I mean, when you got shooters on the floor, no need to kind of, you know, take up room. We know Kyle Lowry's not, uh, you know, a huge shooter and all that. So, he was still a plus 16 on the floor. So, getting it done defensively, still facilitating the floor. So, we still give Kyle Lowry some credit, even though he put up no points. We had Duncan Robinson, 13 points, 3 of 7 from the 3. Okay, Duncan, solid game. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Jimmy Butler, 21 points, 7 rebounds. And then P.J. Tucker is still doing his thing, 11 points, 12 rebounds. So, um, And then Tyler Hero, doing his thing off the bench. And truly, yeah, I mean, we just saw yesterday that he is the leading candidate for 6th man of the year. And this will definitely win you the award. 31 points on 66% shooting, 6 of 9 from the 3 as well. Man, oh man, plus 18 on the floor, the highest plus minus for the Heat last night. So, yeah, Tyler Hero, truly kind of a one-man's race for 6th man of the year at the current moment and the man is showing us why almost on a nightly basis so heat are almost back folks ready to kind of truly show what they are as a team when they're fully healthy and uh, give it maybe a few games so this heat team is truly showing what their true potential is so he get it done last night and then for the rockets uh, uh, no Christian Wood last night, so no chance at a win. Kevin Porter had 22 points. We had Alperin Sungun filling in for Christian Wood at the 5, 13 points, 8 rebounds, solid overall. And then Jalen Green with a nice 20 points. But we know what this Rockets team is, folks. Can't string anything together, anything meaningful together, and that's what it was last night. So he get the win, 123 to 106. All right, all right, next game up here, we get the Blazers at the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves absolutely blow them out, folks. Uh, they win 124-81. to 81. That is, what, 43 points, folks? And what do we say? What did we say yesterday when we were talking about this game? We saw there was no Anthony Simon, so we are like, who the hell is going to be offense here? And, well, now we have our answer. It was nobody. They put up 81 points. We said this Timberwolves team really should have been, like, minus 40. We said minus 40. 40, folks, and they win by 43. So, once again, we know what we're talking about. Um, and this was, you know, a bet that we were a little hesitant to take at first because of our fear. The fear took over when we were talking about this game. But we smartened up, we kicked that fear out, and we officially took... Timberwolves minus 15, and there it is, folks. They win by 43. Easy peasy there. This Blazers team, man, it's unfortunate for them how, how much they really fell this season, and everything has really just gone wrong for this team. Gone wrong or just cleaning house. So both of those truly taking down this Blazers team, and then you give us no Anthony Simons. It's like, what? Are you crazy? So, and this even comes with a little bit later. We knew that um, Anthony Edwards was a game-time decision. He did not end up playing, but also about a half-hour, uh, half hour before the game tipped off, no um, no um, uh, uh, Beasley. Beasley? Why, why, why did I just lose the man's name? Part of the big three. It's Carl Anthony Towns, it's Anthony Edwards, and it's D'Angelo Russell. There it is. Uh, no D'Angelo Russell last night. So it was only Carl Anthony Towns and Patrick Beverly with the starters. And another reason why we didn't kind of tweet out last second, oh, don't take this bet anymore because of no D'Angelo Russell. We still felt confident swallowing the 15 with no D'Angelo Russell because what have we been seeing from the Timberwolves as of recently? The bench producers looking really good, helping out 
out the big three. It, was, it has really rarely been ever since the All-Star break. The big three getting it done by themselves. We've always seen a lot of help from the bench as of recently, especially since Anthony Edwards has been going through this spurt of only putting up like eight points a game here. So everything is perfect on this Timberwolves team. Their bet ability is still big time high, folks. So still watch and have this Timberwolves team truly on your betting radar as well. But we had Carl Anthony Towns last night, 27 points, 13 rebounds, classic Carl Anthony Towns game. Malik Beasley at the starting two, 19 points, well done. We had Patrick Beverly at the one still, six points, but he did have seven assists and 10 rebounds in this bench production. Really solid here from Naz Reed, 18 points and 11 rebounds. And Jordan McLaughlin, 11 points and six assists as well. And then just look at all these scores here. Everybody scoring and playing minutes. I mean, we had, I mean, folks, we had uh, one, two, the starting five. And then off the bench, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players off the bench all playing 10 or more minutes so it was just everybody getting involved here everybody putting up points um and looking real solid while doing so so no uh, only one of the big three out there for the Timberwolves last night they still win by 43 do not sleep on the Timberwolves folks come on yes all right, and then for the Blazers, well, this was their starting lineup. We had Brandon Williams at the one, Josh Hart at the two, CJ Allaby at the three, Trendon Wofford at the four, and Drew Eubanks at the five. That sounds like a good starting lineup to you, a winning starting lineup to you, because it doesn't to me. I will give credit to Brandon Williams for stepping up big time in this game. The man put up 27 points, 4 steals, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists at the 1. That's a pretty solid performance. Unfortunately, nobody else really got the man mill. Uh, the second leading scorer, Keon Johnson, 14 points, and then we had two 11-point scores, Trenton Wofford, 11 points, and Kelgen uh, Blevins off the bench of 11 points as well. Josh Hart led us down. I mean, Josh Hart really should be the main guy on this team. I mean, everybody being out, Josh Hart is the biggest name on this team, and he shot 16% for only six points. I mean, somebody step it up here, please. You let Brandon Williams outperform you, Josh Hart. Mm, that's a little interesting. But uh, Timberwolves absolutely destroy the Blazers last night by 43, get the win 124 to 81. Alright, next game up here is the Jazz at the Mavs, and man, oh man, another loss on the road with this Jazz team. We saw them lose against the Pelicans on the road, and now we just saw them lose against the Mavericks on the road here. Mavericks get the win, 111-103, to 103, and man, oh man, I think we overvalued this Jazz team by a lot. Had them at our number one power rankings. And, uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's a misjudgment by me. I got too caught up in how deep and healthy they were. Um, and we put them at the one, but that's not going to be the same come Friday, folks. A lot of shakeup back on Friday when we reorder our power rankings. But I can guarantee you Jazz will no longer be the number one seed. I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous now. I can maybe overlook the Pelicans loss on the road, okay. But now that you're losing, you know, kind of back-to-back -back road games, games like this Ooh, this is starting to get a little too concerning for us for the Jazz so they've got the names but uh, I mean we've seen them fizzle out really kind of every single year that they've been rocking the Donovan Mitchell the deep lineup the you know Rudy Gobert down low so this is not looking good for this Jazz team
But uh, for the Mavericks last night, Luka Doncic back at it, 35 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. Classic Luka Doncic stat sheet filled stuffed game last night. Spencer Dinwiddie in the starting lineup. Is this the first time we've seen Spencer Dinwiddie in the starting lineup with Luka Doncic ever since the trade happened? I think it is, but if it isn't, who cares, because Spencer Dinwiddie is filling in right at home here at the starting two, 23 giant points last night, we had Dorian Finney-Smith, 21 big old points, and then Dwight Powell at the five, 13 points, four rebounds, so great production by kind of the main starters, uh, nothing great off the bench, we had Maxi Kleber, eight points on 27% shooting on 11 shots last night, definitely could have been a little bit better, but Luka Doncic, baby, that's really all you need. And the Mavericks shooting 17 of 46 from the three-point line. Those 17 threes, folks, they will do it every single time. That's what we know this uh, this uh, Mavs team is. So threes were falling last night, and that means a win for the Mavericks. And then for the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, 17 points on 26% shooting, letting us down. He had nine assists. That was fantastic, but the inefficiency, man. Man, oh, man. Rudy Gobert, 12 points, 13 rebounds. Okay, a good game overall, but still a minus four on the floor. Unfortunate. Bohan Bogdanovich, 21 points, led the team in scoring four assists, and then everything else just really kind of lackluster. Jordan Clarkson obviously gets it done, 19 points on 14 shots off the bench, second leading shot taker, 20. Nine minutes off the bench, classic Jordan Clarkson game. But we got to get more play out of Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay. When the hell did Rudy Gay fall off so hard that the man is only getting 13 minutes off the bench now? So I get the Jazz RD, don't get me wrong, but man, oh man, let's, I mean, Jordan Clarkson is playing 29 minutes a game. Can we get Hassan Whiteside's minutes up a little bit? Can we get Rudy Gay's minutes up, uh, up a little bit? Because what you've been doing so far, it's not working. Yeah, you're winning games against the not good teams. Well, when you have to face kind of a playoff caliber level team especially on the road you're coming up short every single time so what are you kind of you know sitting Rudy Gay for let's see what the man can do in you know 18 minute capacity alongside Hassan Whiteside and Jordan Clarkson all coming off the bench so Something's got to change here by the Jazz, folks. Their their basic uh, lineup is just not working. This is just this is literally the most basic team that there is in the league. There's nothing um, fantastic or uh, kind of big highlight worthy, big name worthy like the Grizzlies, who we're seeing John Moranko manic every single game for the most part. The Jazz don't have anybody of that energy level, and they're just kind of a milk toast team. That's what they are, folks. So the Jazz, yeah, they've got a record, but uh, it's a little concerning. It's starting to be a little concerning, especially after the All-Star break. This needs to all be cleaned up, and it's not. But uh, Mavericks get the win, folks, 111-103. to 103. Still loving this Mavericks team. Still able to bet on them, absolutely. All right, next game up here, we got the Lakers at the Spurs, and the Spurs get it done because no LeBron last night. And what did this line end up being? Uh, we saw the Lakers be plus two, and once again, we told y'all to stay away from this game because uh, the Lakers being kind of at the plus two after LeBron coming off that 57-point for performance in Vegas, kind of these uh, sneaky two-and-a-half-point spreads that we've seen as of recently, um, it was all just kind of looking bad. So we told you all to stay away from the plus two, and then about maybe two hours before tip-off, LeBron not being able to play, and then it goes from uh, Spurs minus two-and-a-half to Spurs minus six-and-a-half, and they do cover that, folks, by half a point. Hey, a cover's a cover. Spurs get the win by seven, 117 to 110. So... 
LeBron, after that big performance, needed a little rest, which is truly funny because LeBron was making a big deal out of it. The na- Remember we told y'all yesterday on the show, the national media, that's all they were talking about, folks. I saw kind of all the early morning sports talk shows talk about the Spurs and LeBron James' 57-point performance, and they spent a half hour uh, grading it and talking about that performance. And we were telling you, hey, this is two days late out here. It's done. It's over with. It's not going to have any impact. And then LeBron out the very next game because that big old performance took so much out of him he couldn't even play in the following game so once again the national media you know kind of wasting a little bit of time valuable time that we could be using truly getting our finger on the pulse of the NBA landscape to take that information and bankrupt Vegas. We cannot be days behind. We cannot even be hours behind. We must be 100% up to the date if we have any, any chance, any chance of taking down Vegas and cashing in, folks. Yes? Oh, sheesh. So, yeah, I'm glad that uh, the national media spent 30 minutes talking about LeBron And then him missing the very next game. So, it's just a little classic. Alright, but the Spurs last night, their starting lineup was on point. Man, oh man. We had DeJounte Murray, 26 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. And this man is a star. Shout out to DeJounte Murray. Unfortunately, his career is going to get truly overshadowed because he's with the Spurs team. And this isn't one of these classic Greg Popovich coach Spurs team where they're always great. That time has truly passed. Um, And they don't really know how to get back on track. But DeJounte Murray is a hooper, folks. This man is a fantastic talent and hopefully like De'Aaron Fox with the Kings his uh, career doesn't kind of get wasted. Now I do like DeJounte Murray over De'Aaron Fox and I don't know if that's controversial to say uh, but I think at the current moment you give me one of the two pick. I I take DeJounte Murray but DeJounte Murray a fantastic night last night. 26 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds, very very close to a triple double for the rest of the starters playing fantastic. Josh Richardson 18 points, 5 rebounds. Jacob Podol at the 5. Jacob Podol at the 5, folks. Ooh, I love the big depth. Uh, the big depth here, folks. Jacob Podol, 18 points, 8 rebounds. Still holding it down in another kind of big that goes under the radar, folks. Um, I would love to kind of start betting on this Spurs team and talking up this Spurs team, but they don't have the wins truly to go along with all of that. But maybe this has started the kickoff. I doubt it. I mean, they only beat a LeBron James list Lakers team by 7. And that's not that impressive. We still give them credit, but Spurs, let's start trying to start taking the next step, which is beating kind of, you know, the mediocre teams. Let's start getting to that point, and we'll try to see if we can rise up your bet ability because we've got the great guard. We've got a great big. I mean, you're you're kind of halfway there to being a great team. You've got two huge important factors here. Got to clean up the bench a little bit and your other supporting cast, and, you know, we're talking about you as a good team, so keep to it and stick to it, Spurs. Do they have any chance? I know we're trying to talk up this uh, Pistons team. They've got no chance to make the play honestly but this Spurs team currently 12th seed in the Western Conference and they're only about three games back from that 10th seed all right now we're cooking Spurs all righty go get that play in tournament I gotta see either the Pistons or the Spurs get in folks I gotta see one of these two teams get in so Spurs keep at it because I'm liking what I'm seeing so far but back to the great extraordinary performance by the starters we got Doug McDermott 11 points on only six shots so the man was efficient 
possession last night, 66% shooting. And then Keldon Johnson, 13.6 rebounds in the starting lineup as well. So some solid, nice uh, shimmers of hope for the Spurs moving forward. We'll see if they can continue to capitalize. And then for the Lakers last night, just Russell Westbrook out there buys lonesome. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, still 5 turnovers, but still a plus 5 on the floor getting it done. It's still not going to knock Russell Westbrook. I will not do that, folks. And Russell Westbrook had a little bit enough. Kind of said, all right, enough's enough last night. After the game, at the press conference, when he's talking, he's like, you know, my son was at school. Um, and uh, my teacher, he was at a parent-teacher conference. And Russell Westbrook was like, yeah, you know, uh, the teacher came to me and he's like, you know what? Your kid is really proud of his last name. He goes around the classroom, you know, shouting his last name. Westbrook all the time. So proud of his family name. So proud of his last name and all that. And Russell Westbrook was saying last night that, hey, you know, now it's starting to hit me. Y'all are disrespecting my name. And my son takes so much pride in my name that, you know, I kind of have to start to stick up for him now because everyone calls him Westbrook. And, you know, I will stay away from knocking Russell Westbrook, we say that. It is a nickname out there. Is it accurate? I'll let y'all be the judge of that. But, uh, you know, people call him Russell Westbrook, and he hears it all the time from the fans and the stands, even when he's at home, courtside, all that. Everybody calls him Westbrook, and he's going to kind of start be putting his foot down. No, no, no. Do not disrespect me by uh, disrespecting my last name that my son holds really kind of important to him. So, Russell Westbrook just—he's a great guy. First of all, the great—the man seems like a great dad um, on his family life and all that. We've seen some videos of that. Seems like a great guy overall, and that's another reason why we can't really knock him. And once again, he gives it it all on the floor. That's why we don't knock him. Probably one of the most knocked players, um, social media-wise, especially because he is on the Lakers now. So that gets exacerbated a lot. But we do not partake in any of that over here. So Russell Westbrook starting to put his foot down. No, 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 no. You're not disrespecting my name anymore. Um, I've had an, uh, I've had a little bit of enough with it. So uh, tread lightly because I, I know Russell Westbrook will uh, stand up for his family. Uh, that is one thing I do know about Russell Westbrook. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what is to come of this. We shall see what comes of this. So uh, Ru Russell Westbrook, a solid night overall. Not too efficient at 35% shooting. Uh, Malik Monk lighting a down 17 points as well but once again on 36% shooting one of seven from the three we need Malik Monk to step it up more than this especially without LeBron James so Malik Monk letting us down Dwight Howard in the starting lineup 9.6 rebounds Taylor Horn Tucker 18 points Austin Reeves 13 points off the bench Carmelo had 17.7 rebounds solid game by him but just unfortunately not enough no closer on this Lakers team without LeBron and they let a Spurs team beat him 117 to 117 10. All right, last two games here. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, next game up, we got the Warriors at the Nuggets. Nuggets get the win, 131 to 124. And what did we just say two days ago, yesterday on the show as well? You cannot have the Warriors in your power rankings, folks. If they, if you see anybody with the Warriors in the power rankings, you really must not really take what they say um, into consideration for the time being. Until they take off the Warriors, until they come to their senses. And a lot of people were releasing their power rankings yesterday. Yesterday, I did see a lot of power rankings come out. Remember, we kind of talked about that on the show Friday we were, we, when we brought up, you know, the, the initially, hey, if the Warriors are on the top 10, you really can't take them seriously. We went to kind of top 10 hunting because uh, we thought, you know, usually people put them out on Thursdays or Fridays. I guess they put them out on Mondays. Um, so... 
power rankings came out and people were still having the Warriors at like 9 and 10. And even that is still too high, folks. Like, no, I don't even want them close. I don't even know if we have them in our top 15, folks. Um, so you got to stay away from the Warriors, folks. And they got, you know, beat last night 131 to 124 um, to the Nuggets. And once again, Jokic is MVP, 32 points, 13 assists, and 15 rebounds on 70% shooting. I mean, folks, 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 can we give this man a little bit of credit? I really don't under... It's always reluctant credit with Jokic and I do not get it folks the only thing I can say is because he's like Serbian and you know he's not that big personality he's not you know Taco Tuesday shouting LeBron James that's really all it comes down to in my opinion and I absolutely hate that um, so Jokic getting it done 32 points 13 assists 15 rebounds man oh man Jeff Green 18 points Monte Morris 18 points Austin Rivers 15 points so everybody in the starting lineup with 10 or more points <gasps> Except Aaron Gordon, eight points. <laughs> he only took four shots, granted. But once again, can we get Aaron Gordon, please, to be offensive? That's just what I'm begging for, folks. And these kind of magic superstars that got traded at the end of last season, uh, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, they're not that special, folks. I mean, they're really not that special. Vucevic is floundering big time on this Bulls team. And Aaron Gordon, he's playing good defense, so we still give him credit there, but not being kind of a huge name, not even like a second option. I mean, uh, when... When my uh, when Jamal uh, when Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. come back, I mean Aaron Gordon's gonna be like the fifth option on this team, folks. I mean he's really gonna kind of fall off. And really, when those two players come back, maybe even looking trading away Aaron Gordon come next season. So. Just nothing fantastic about Aaron Gordon overall. Off the bench, we even got great production. DeMarcus Cousins off the bench, 13 points, 6 rebounds in 13 minutes. Yes, sir, there, big time big. And then Devon Reed, 17 big old points as well. So, man oh man, folks, man oh man. Other bench performers getting it done besides Bones, Highland, and Bryn Forbes. This is a Nuggets team that is starting to blossom, folks. I'm loving what we're seeing from this Nuggets team as of recent. All right, and then for the Warriors last night, we had no Steph Curry, we had no Klay Thompson, and no Andrew Wiggins. So everybody taking uh, the night off last night. Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, getting it done. Man, oh, man, 32 points, 7 assists, shot 8 of 12 from the 3. Then we had Moses Moody also joining him in the starting lineup, 30 points, 5 of 12 from the 3. So shout out big time. We, are, we always know Jordan Poole can get it done, but Moses Moody, yeah, well done. And then Jonathan Kaminga also off the bench, 6. 16 big old points. So the Warriors kept it close without anybody, but the Nuggets still were able to get the win, 131 to 124. And then the final game from last night, man oh man, man oh man, this Knicks team, they've just won two in a row, folks. Our sponsorship is starting to get a little bit in jeopardy here, folks. We may have to start to revise this contract that we're in with the Knicks, because they get the win, 131 to 115 over the Kings, and the Kings went into halftime with the lead, but uh, the Knicks kept at it. Julius Randle went manic, and uh, Knicks end up beating the Kings and once again folks once again this a bonus led team loses a game when have we seen this before classic Kings you can take you could take the Sabonis out of Indiana but you can't take the Sabonis out of the Sabonis, folks. Wherever Sabonis goes, the Sabonis will follow him. Not winning games. Yes, folks. Classic Kings. Classic Pacers. Can't even beat a Knicks team? Come on. Come on. So, here we go. Julius Randle 
fantastic last night. 46 points, 10 rebounds, and we do knock the Knicks a lot here on the show, but uh, Julius Randle, ever maybe since two weeks before the All-Star break, up until this moment, has really been having some really good performance. So, so Julius Randle, we give this man a little bit of credit here. We'll see how they kind of close out the end of the season to see if they can truly get into the playoffs and all that, but uh, that's really what it's going to determine. If this was a successful year for the Knicks or not, they really just need to get into to the playoffs, folks. If they can get into the playoffs and maybe kind of be competitive in their first playoff series, I think I may be able to call this Knicks year a success at the end of the day. Uh, but let's truly see how this rest of the season plays out before we start making that uh, that kind of claim. Alrighty, but Julius Randle, 46 points, 10 rebounds. RJ Barrett still getting it done, 29 points, 8 rebounds. Guard play, uh, Evan Fournier, a little bit of a better game overall, 15 points, still no assists, but I'll take some scoring production. Alec Burks, nothing great. Five points, four assists on 22% shooting, but Emmanuel quickly 27 points, and once again, this is what this is the, this is is what we've been calling for all year long. Can we just start playing some of the younger guys a little bit more? The Emmanuel Quickly's, uh, there's, there's no reason not to play Cam Reddish, uh, Cam Reddish big time minutes and maybe even the starting lineup, so uh, the fact that Emmanuel quickly got 31 minutes last night, yes, thank goodness, it's about damn time. 27 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds off the bench. So, uh, Jericho Sims also got into the action for 10 minutes. Uh, Mitchell Robinson ended up uh, getting injured, so hopefully it's nothing too bad. Only played a minute last night. Um, and they were still able to kind of overcome all of that. So, well done for the Knicks. Got to start kind of maybe respecting this Knicks team. Uh, they only beat the Kings and the Clippers, so let's not go too overboard. We're still having this Knicks team as our sponsor. We'll see what this kind of third game, if they go three in a row, we're truly going to have to kind of revise our uh, sponsorship with the Knicks. But let's see if they can get there first, and let's see how they do against a good team, yes? All right, but the Kings last night, Darren Fox, 24 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, good overall. Sabonis, 19 points, 13 rebounds, a minus 18 on the floor, the second worst. Harrison Barnes was the worst, 23 points, but a minus 19 on the floor. And once again, it's just this Kings team not being able to win games. Davian Mitchell coming off the bench, 10 points. Dante DiVincenzo coming off the bench, 13 points. And it's good overall, but uh, not a win. And once again, you trade away Tyrese Halliburton for Dante DiVincenzo, so swap a guard for a lesser guard. I, I don't understand what the Kings are doing, but they traded away winning pieces for not winning pieces, and now they're not winning games. So, eh. It, what a mess. A absolutely, what a bungle. Kings, Pacers. I, I literally think about these two teams every single day because it's so laughable of what they did at the trade deadline and what I don't even know what they were expecting. I need to get inside the head. I need to get the uh, general managers on the show here to know what the hell were you guys thinking with this trade because it doesn't make any sense. And here we are still losing games like y'all have always done, still not making any sense. So Kings lose. Man, oh man, blow a halftime lead. Knicks get it done. Win 131 to 115. Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night. So now let's quickly see what we have on tap tonight in the NBA. See if we can make a little bit of money. We have been doing very, very well over the last couple of days, folks. Really, ever since the All-Star break, we've really been on our bullshit over here, folks. 
Um, once again, our finger is absolutely on the pulse. We know what we're talking about here in the NBA. We know what the good values are currently. We know what to stay away from. So we've really got the NBA in the palm of our hands, folks. We've got Vegas in the palm of our hands, and we're ready to make them kind of say, Uncle, yes, I want to make Vegas tap out. I, I want this to happen. I don't want this to happen, but I do want this to happen. I want to be going so hard on the DraftKings mobile app that they have to ban me, folks. I want to get banned for how much we are winning, folks. I don't want to get banned because that means we can't do it anymore, uh, so I'll have to go to another sports book. But, but I want to be banned from a betting account because we are just winning too much. That is the goal, folks, truly. So, we want to make this DraftKings mobile app tap out. I want to hear them say, Uncle, I want to get the email saying my account is terminated because you are just winning too much out here. So, let's continue on that quest of doing so, shall we, folks? Here we go. First game up. Nets at the Hornets. Nets minus 3.5. Hornets plus 3.5. Real interesting spread here. Nets on the road, so Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will be good. Ben Simmons is still not ready. Ben Simmons is not injured, folks. Remember, he, was not, he wasn't playing with the 76ers because he was injured. He wasn't playing for the 76ers because he felt disrespected because everybody said he couldn't shoot. It's basically what everybody says about Russell Westbrook, but with Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons took it very, very personally and decided not to play, where Russell Westbrook said, I'm just going to shut up and play and, you know, kind of tell y'all, hey, stop calling me Westbrook, but still go, or Westbrook, but still go out there every single night. So that's Ben Simmons, folks. He's got a little bit of a bruised ego. Once again, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving all on the same team, folks. That's not a team that's going to win in a championship. That's not a team that's going to be able to overcome adversity um, throughout a long playoff haul. It's not going to work, folks. There's zero, there's zero leadership. All three of those people have very, very, uh, you know, a little bit of fragile, a little bit of fragile skin. They take everything personally. Kevin Durant left the Warriors because Draymond Green called him a bitch once because tempers flared and uh, Draymond Green wouldn't apologize. So Kevin Durant said, oh, I'm a bitch. All right, then I'm going to leave. <laughs> and, you know, I've got no problem with Kevin Durant doing that. You know, you be you. You know, if that's who you are, I've got no problem with that. Kevin Durant doesn't need to uh, bow down to anybody. The, his game speaks for himself. A little bit of Kyrie Irving as well. You know, his game speaks for himself. That's why it's just so, uh, just kind of uh, a, a little confusing on why they let everything get to them. And I understand it. It's hard. Uh, you know, I take things personally. I try not to. I try not to read the comments of what y'all say. Uh, I do want to hear what y'all say, but when they start negative, I just immediately kind of, all right, I'm not why I'm not gonna let this ruin my mood so I get it I truly do but I mean at the end of the day you just gotta say I don't care and that's really uh, that's all it is I truly don't care what y'all say about me I'm over it folks I've I've done enough caring in the past I don't need to care what anybody thinks about me anymore and that's the place that I think everybody reaches at their own pace at their own time I think it comes to everybody at some point in their lives they're like you know what I'm just done I'm done I could care less what people are gonna say about me but I do think it just comes with time um 
and uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, I don't think there are, any of them are at that point at the current moment. Maybe Kyrie Irving a little bit because, I mean, truly, I, I got a champion, Ky Kyrie Irving. And I know we knock these players, but, I mean, I do see, you know, greatness in these players as well. You know, it's not black and white, you know, we knock or we don't knock. I mean, it's nuanced and everything, folks. That's why we talk for, you know, two hours every single day because it is so nuanced. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kyrie Irving, I mean, uh, you know, the whole vaccine, not getting the vaccine thing when everybody, was applying pressure everybody besides us we weren't but everybody was um and I respected the hell out of Kyrie Irving for sticking to it still not getting it done and you know believe, uh, living by his own belief so I truly respect the hell out of Kyrie Irving for all that but let's get back to the game here because I think I li I'm liking this value a little bit here. So Nets minus three and a half. Everybody is good to go. LaMarcus Aldridge is out though. So a little bit of less big depth out here. But we'll see if they can kind of overcome that. Uh, they should uh, because, you know, the Hornets, uh, they don't have any good bigs either. Uh, but for the Hornets, we get that Gordon Hayward is still out. And Jalen McDaniels is a game time decision. So... This Nets team, they need to start winning now, folks. They need, because now the national media is starting to kind of, you know, turn on this Nets team, which is kind of crazy because, you know, everybody was still talking about this Nets team as kind of, you know, one of the best teams in the league, even though they haven't even played together and we still don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. And, you know, the Nets just lost their game with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant the last time. But I think I'm taking the Nets minus three and a half here. Uh, once again, we've never bought into this Hornets team. We've seen them kind of, you know, be good against the bad teams. And I still don't like this Nets team at the current moment, but they need a win, and they really kind of have to turn it up, and this is the win to do it at. They're on the road, so Kevin Durant and Kyrie are going to be on the floor together. Uh, we get Seth Curry, we get Andre Drummond, who have been kind of just kind of, you know, putting in the work there early, um, and this Hornets team, we've seen them, you know, nothing great out of them. They have some nice shooting performances uh, every now and then. I think they just came off of one. Uh, yeah, beating the Spurs, putting up 123 points, a good win, but this is a win that the Nets need desperately, folks, and we only have to swallow three and a half. That's pretty solid. I'm going to lock in. Nets minus three and a half. Watch for Kevin Durant and Kyrie to go a little manic tonight and uh, apply some nice defensive pressure to this Hornets team. So I'm liking the Nets minus three and a half here tonight, folks. All right, next game up here. We get the Suns at the Magic. Suns minus six, Magic plus six. All right, let's see who's in and out here for the Suns because it seems every day another player's added to the injury list. So Chris Paul is still out. Cameron Johnson is still out. And Devin Booker is still out. But it didn't really phase them too much in their last game. Yeah, they ended up losing against the Bucks at the end of the day. But, I mean, they were beating the Bucks all game long. The Bucks can just close out in the fourth quarter. We don't have to worry about this Magic team closing out in the fourth quarter, folks. Absolutely not. Um, and then for the Magic, we get um, Jalen Suggs is a game-time decision, and Jonathan Isaac is out. So Suns minus six. Seems like, you know, doable, workable value. I want to watch one more game. One more game without Devin Booker. Did they just rise to the occasion? Because that was a nationally televised uh, Sunday game, Sunday day game at 3.30. And uh, they were facing the Bucks. So maybe just kind of, you know, the... Um the adrenaline caught up to them and everybody was on point. So the Suns should win this game and they probably do cover the minus six. But I think I'm going to be a little cautious here. And this is a little bit of the uh, the scaredness talking. I know we talked ourselves out of being kind of, you know, hesitant yesterday taking that 15 point spread. But I think I am going to kind of sit this one out. Y'all take this one. Y'all take this one. I think I'm just going to sit this one out. Magic maybe due for a win here. Just like the Knicks were due for a win. That's why they've just won and won back to back a little bit. They're just due for 
one. I think this Suns team is a little due for uh, kind of losing a game because they've done, they've done very, very well with no Chris Paul, and they did very, very well with no Devin Booker. I just think it's all going to catch up to them at some point in this Magic team trending toward a win here. So I just, I just got a bad feeling. I got a bad feeling about this game. I'm sitting this one out, folks, okay? All right, here we go. Next game up here. Let's try not to sit away from this one. Let's see what we got. Uh, next game up here, we got the Cavs at the Pacers. Cavs minus three, Pacers plus three. Give me Darius Garland. Give me Karis LeVert, and I will easily swallow the three points here for the Cavs. The Pacers can't close out anything, folks. So for the Cavs, we get Rondo game time decision. Love it. Karis LeVert, out. No. Jared Allen, out. No. Oh, no. Yeah, I forgot. Jared, All Jared Allen's out with the finger, the quad. Man, oh, man. The man is banged up big time. And then for the Pacers, we get um, Goga Badazi, out. Everybody else is good to go here. So that's a big out there for the Cavs. No Jared Allen. No Karis LeVert. So Darius Garland will be able to get it done. We'll see if this Pacers team can start hitting a corner, but I'm not betting on this Cavs team with you know kind of two of their best three players out. I'm not getting, I'm not gonna bet on that. So staying away from the Cavs at the Pacers, unfortunate. But here we go, next game up here, man. Oh man, they are testing us here, folks. Man, oh man, the Pelicans. They've kind of been been worked through the gauntlet the last couple of games here, folks. Having to face the Jazz. Having to face the Nuggets. Having to face the Grizzlies today. So this is a really tough little three-game stretch that they're on. And now they have to face this Grizzlies team. Pelicans plus 5.5. Grizzlies minus 5.5. Is 5.5 points enough for us to believe in this Pelicans team? I think so, folks. So, everybody's good to go for the Pelicans, which we absolutely love. And then Dylan Brooks is still the only one out for the Grizzlies. So, I get the Pelicans plus five and a half points here, folks. Y'all know we love this Pelicans team. This Grizzlies team is still a little bit rocky. They're still a little bit in the rockiness phase that I want to kind of see more consistency here by the Grizzlies to truly kind of truly count them as championship contenders. I mean, we just saw them have the opportunity to grasp that number one, uh, that number two seed against the Rockets, but then they ended up losing to the Rockets. That's a real bad loss. Now, that is really the only reason I'm a little hesitant to taking the Pelicans plus five and a half is because the Grizzlies just came off that really bad, embarrassing loss, and now they're at home, so they may take it out on the Pelicans, but I'm going to bet on the Pelicans tonight to hold their own. And this is on TNT, folks. Yeah, buddy. Nationally televised game of two great teams watch out for the Pelicans we're gonna bet them plus the five and a half here and keep uh, hoping that they live up to what we know that they can be and hopefully they can truly start beating the top tier teams in the league so give me the Pelicans plus five and a half points here folks all right, then we get the Bucks at the Thunder. Bucks minus 13, Thunder plus 13. All righty, let's see who's all in and out here for this Thunder team. Uh, for the Thunder, we get uh, Mike Muscala still out, Derek Favors still out, Kenneth Williams still out, Lugan Stort still out, Josh Giddy still out, Jeremiah Robinson Earl still out. So usual suspects out for the Thunder. And then for the Bucks, we get Pat Conifton out and Grayson Allen out. Wow, so their guard play is true going to be depleted. It's really only going to be Drew Holiday out there. We know this Bucks team as keeps it close throughout the entire game. They win it, close it out in the fourth quarter. So 
This is a big spread. Bucks minus 13. Thunder plus 13 here. Uh, the way that Shea Gills Alexander's been playing, folks, it's looking real real dang good. And, you know, going against this Bucks team guardless, a little guardless out there. Maybe Shea Gills Alexander has a game. So we're going to stay away from this one as well. Yes, the Bucks probably win, but it's probably a little bit closer than we're all imagining in the kind of, you know, maybe up until the third quarter. And then the end of the fourth quarter, Bucks come out and win it. But uh, a little bit too much here. Especially with all these guards out, folks. I'm telling you, the guards are going to be the death of this Bucks team. If they do not win the championship this season, it is because there is no guard death. Chris Middleton is truly going to have to, you know, we saw him be fantastic last season in that playoff run. Fantastic, even in game-clinching games, a series-clinching games, I should say. Uh, Chris Middleton's going to even have to play better than he did last season. And we may have to see Chris Middleton take over some kind of guard duties here in there with Drew Holiday, you know, maybe taking a breather in some games. So watch out for Chris Middleton to have even a, for uh, kind of watch out for him to kind of have to have a better game, a better series, a better end of the season than he did last season. So we're going to stay away from this Bucks big spread. And then the last game of the night here, we get the Clippers at the Warriors. Clippers plus 5.5, Warriors minus 5.5. Warriors on the back-to-back, -back, so we are not going to take this game. And that's good because I don't think I would even want to take the Clippers plus 5.5 Anyway, I think the Warriors win this game, but let's check the ins and outs here quickly. Um, yeah, so uh, Dray uh, Draymond Green is out. He is going to be returning anytime soon. We said in the next 7 to 10 days, and that was like two days ago, so watch out for Draymond Green back soon. But Steph Curry is playing, just kind of took the night off last night. Steph Curry is playing, T Clay Thompson is playing, and Andrew Wiggins are all good to go for the Warriors. So I'm expecting the Warriors to win this game, but it is on the back-to-back, -back, and this is not an opportunity I want to kind of... Uh, um, get uh, not to follow our betting rules on. This is not one of those special occasions. So we're staying away from the Clippers and the Warriors. So we only got two games tonight that we feel very, very confident on. We're rocking with the Nets minus three and a half, and we're rocking with the Pelicans plus five and a half here tonight. And we got the doubleheader, folks, Pelicans and Grizzlies. And then uh, Clippers and Warriors at 10 o'clock on TNT. So a nice night of NBA action on national televised television. Love it. Love it. Alrighty, that is all the NBA for today, and that's really going to be it, but I do want to talk about the one big story in the NFL, so let's close out on this story here, so the big breaking news that literally came out of nowhere yesterday was that the NFL has suspended Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley for the entire year, folks, for the entire 2022 season for betting on NFL games during last season so Calvin Ridley I mean he was a huge name already in this offseason it's only been two weeks everybody wanted to trade for him he didn't want to play with the Falcons last season um you know claimed mental health reasons we still I don't think we know 100% why um but that's what he claimed it was it was mental health he couldn't play for the Falcons last season but uh, his name came around this offseason. Hey, maybe they can trade for him. Maybe he just didn't want to be in Atlanta anymore, all that. So a lot of teams were kind of, you know, ready to risk a little bit of picks and a little bit of trades to go out and get Calvin Ridley. But they're going to have to kind of wait for another year because he's uh, suspended for this entire upcoming season because he bet on games here. And uh, we've got some information on the bets here. Calvin Ridley's bets came over a 5 day period in November. 
It couldn't find any evidence of Ridley using any inside info on his bets, which is very good. Um, it also found no evidence that Ridley's coaches and teammates in Atlanta knew he was betting. So that's another good positive thing. And then the last thing we can read here, Ridley can apply for reinstatement on uh, February 15th, 2023. So this entire year out of the question, he can appeal it. He's got three days to appeal. So we'll see if he does appeal. Going to be a little bit hard to appeal because he goes to Twitter after the story breaks and says this, I bet 1500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. So he admitted to it. Going to be a little hard to kind of appeal it. You can't appeal and be like, no, I did bet. I don't have a gambling problem though. Well, that's, that's not what the uh, case is. That's not what the issue is. The issue that is that you are an NFL athlete, a professional NFL athlete betting on professional NFL games. You can't do that, folks. And regardless of what your stance is, a lot of people are defending Calvin Ridley, and I understand why to defend him. I get it, but I don't agree with it, folks, at all, at all. This, this cannot happen. We cannot have players betting on the game, even if it is for their own team, even if they're not betting on an outcome that they cannot control. It's too close to the situation, folks. We truly have to um, truly have to realize that this is a this is a sport, folks. This is competition, and it's uh, hard for competition to not be corrupt. And so far, there's nothing publicly, and I know we can't, we we can't really take that for granted, folks. I know uh, you know most of us grew up uh, you know with the NFL established already, so we can't take really. We can't take it for granted that this is a little bit of an institution that has been here for a while um, that, uh, you know, is still progressing to today. And we all love sports and we love competition. And this is the highest level of football that there is at the highest level for a long time. That is, you know, for the most part, it's pretty not corrupt. I don't know if there's really anything corrupt that we can say about it. Um, yes, we cannot like the overall punishments handed out. There's a couple of uh, reasons why they're defending Calvin Ridley and we're going to get to those in a minute but um yeah there's really nothing big time corrupt there's no big stories of like uh refs you know being paid yes we all have the kind of uh you know uh conspiracy the thought of hey you know though this is rigged this is rigged this is rigged but there's no concrete information and until there's concrete information you know we kind of have to kind of say all right it's not happening there is no corruption here so we this is just too close and that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day it doesn't matter that Calvin Ridley wasn't playing and had no influence it was still betting on his own team that's that's really there, there's really no uh, who cares who cares that has nothing to do with it it's too close folks this is competition this is a this is a little bit of a um an institution a little bit the nfl this sport and if there's even um you know one concrete example of some sort of corruption it ruins the entire history it ruins the entire future of the NFL from just the watching aspect from the competition aspect and then obviously to the betting aspect the revenue aspect it just all collapses so you must nip it in th this in the butt you cannot have you know players you can't just be like all right players you can't bet on your own team but you can bet everywhere else because then that's going to get fuzzy as well and it's going to be a slippery slope so 
we cannot have any form of betting by anybody associated with any sports teams, folks. Anybody in just kind of the office, the the day-to-day -day operations, nobody, office member of teams, they cannot bet on games. Players, coaches, nobody, owners should be allowed to bet on games. If you're close, if you're too close to the sport, you should not be allowed to bet on games, folks. I do think that, you know, athletes in the NFL should be able to bet on NBA and maybe hockey. I still don't love that 100%. I, I really don't think that if you're a professional athlete that you should be betting on any games because you do have connections and, you know, maybe you just goof. Hey, you know, you, you know, Calvin Ridley calls up. Uh, maybe he's friends with Joel Embiid. I don't know, but maybe he is. Or Trey Young. Let's go Atlanta. Let's keep the Atlanta connection. Calvin Ridley calls up Trey Young and be like, hey, Trey, you know, I've got, you know, 50 grand on you not scoring more than 30 points so you know help me out maybe just in a joking tone you know buddy buddy they're friends all right all right you know they're laughing it up Trey Young's really not kind of you know thinking about it, it was just you know uh, uh he just said it. it was something funny it was goofy they're friends they hang out so they said it um and then that night Trey Young he's at let's say 26 points a minute left uh maybe not competitive game and all that and Trey Young maybe he's at 29 at the free throw line ready to go for 30 ready to ruin Calvin Rudley's $50,000 bet between friends well professionally but they are friends so Trey Young's like, uh, you know, we've got this game wrapped up. We're good. It's just a free throw. 30 seconds left. Oh, I miss. I miss. It's just, it, I'm telling you, folks, it's just a little bit of a slippery slope. And, um, and, and you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, the people here. You know, the people want to bet. You know, it's fun. It's a little bit of a hobby. It's an addiction as well. That's a different thing. Uh, but, you know, we love watching football. We don't want any sort of, oh, is this fake now? We know exactly like wrestling, you know. Uh, you know, I think it, you know, hurts a lot of people when you find out that, you know, wrestling is fake. It's a little, you know, it's fixed. You know, they, it's stunt. It's, you know, practice. They're working. It's a performance overall. And it just ruins the overall experience of WWE or whatever wrestling you're watching. It's still entertaining. And there are still people that, you know, you know, buy into it and still watch it religiously and all of that. And I've got no problem with that. But overall, it just ruins that. It ruins it, knowing that it's not 100% real. And if we're watching just kind of predetermined sports... The hell is that? I, I watch sports for the competition. Really, that's the only reason why I watch sports at all. I love the competition. I am obsessed with the competition. So if you're telling me the competition's fake, I'm not watching any sports. I'm done with all the sports. So I just think it's a real slippery slope to allow players in the NFL to bet on the game. So that's why we have to nip it in the bud here. And I hate, uh, so Roger Goodell suspends him for a year. And I hate everything going around. I, I hate this like to my core I hate it how uh everybody loves to kind of make uh they they say hey I'm um oh my goodness there is breaking news folks oh my goodness I just read the uh uh, the trending topics, and there is breaking news, folks. Is this right? Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers is officially returning back to the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Wow. All that fuss over just staying, right? Right? Here we go. They've agreed on a four-year, $200 million deal with $153 million guaranteed. Sheesh, sheesh. Fantastic. Truly deserved. Absolutely deserved that money. But wasn't Aaron saying, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to be the highest paid. Oh, that's absolute categorically false. Remember those words, categorically false, folks. I think we're going to circle back to that. 
Man, oh man, is this 50 minutes ago? Damn, alright, so kind of breaking. Um, basically, right when we went live, it broke. Classic that. Man, oh man, man, oh man. Um, hang on, according to the Pat McAfee show, the contract that was reported four years, $200 million with 150 million, 153 million guaranteed is not true? Is that right? All right, well, I don't got time to decipher all this information. We got to get out of here, but I still want to continue on with this Calvin Ridley story. So once again, it's just a slippery slope to allow uh, professional athletes that can influence the game, either, you know, single-handedly by themselves or maybe just kind of, you know, in passing with the friend athlete and all that. So got to nip it in the bud. And once again, everybody's saying, oh, they're making an example out of Calvin Ridley for suspending him a year. I hate, you know, using somebody specifically as an example. I just think it's unfair overall. If somebody, if people are committing the same crime or, you know, the same, uh, you know, uh, it's not a crime to do this, but, um, you know, the same, the same crime. We'll use the crime. You know, if two people are doing the same crime, folks, no, just because the first person to do the crime, you want to make an example, they get the worst punishment. I absolutely hate that, you know, in every, in every sort of the case there. Uh, but I do think that the betting should carry a big, long suspension, a year suspension. I don't think this is making an example out of Kelvin Ridley. Anytime anybody gets caught betting, it should be a year. A year, no debate, a year, however it happened, a year. They're not making an example out of Calvin Ridley. They're just saying, hey, this is this can ruin the integrity of the game. And that's exactly what Roger Goodell says here, folks. Here is the official NFL statement here. Um, and once again, remember the language used here, folks. So here we go. Uh, the official statement, here we go. By the NFL. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell today suspended Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons indefinitely through at least the conclusion of the 2022 season for betting on NFL games in the 2021 season. The activity took place during a five-day period in late November 2021 while Ridley was not with the team and was away from the club's facility on the non-football illness list. A league investigation uncovered no evidence indicating any inside information was used or that any game was compromised in any way. So that was fantastic. That's good. That's good to hear. Reassuring to hear. Nor was there evidence suggesting any awareness by coaches, staff, teammates, or other players in his betting activity. In a letter to Ridley notifying him of his suspension, Commissioner Roger Goodell wrote, and once again, listen to the language here, folks. He says, quote, there is nothing more fundamental to the NFL success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. And absolutely, I agree with that 100%, folks. We're talking about the integrity of a game, of an institution, of the highest level of really competition that there may be in the entire sports world besides soccer, obviously. Um... So then upholding the integrity of the game, this is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and anyone else employed by the league, absolutely 100%. It is everybody's responsibility to uphold the integrity of the game, absolutely 100%. Back to the quote, quote, your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threaten to damage public confidence in professional football and potentially undermine the reputation of your fellow players throughout the NFL. Threatened damage to public confidence. Once you lose public confidence, it is game over and there's really no getting it back, folks. Public confidence, public trust is at 
risk here, folks. We cannot lose that, folks. Uh, you know, wrestling has lost the public confidence. That's why it's not as big uh, as it as big. It may be as big. Maybe maybe it is as big. Uh, all these other kind of, you know, leagues branching off AEW, all this. So is, is wrestling at an all-time high right now, folks? It may be. It may be. Um, but overall, I mean, we cannot have threatening to the public confidence here in football, in competition, competition, once compromise, folks, competition, we've been doing competition since the beginning of humanity, it's in our DNA, competition, always competing, the Roman games, the Colosseums were because of competition, folks, we are competition animals, we are a competitive species, and if if you ruin the trust of competition, we have nothing as humans. We have nothing as a species, folks. Species. Competition is everything. And if you ruin that, I'll be mad. I'll be mad, folks. I'll be so furious if this all is a sham, folks. Everything I know and love about competition is a sham. I would be devastated. All right, finish up the uh, quote here. Quote, for decades, gambling on NFL games has been considered among the most significant violations of league policy warranting the most substan substantial sanction. In your case, I acknowledge and commend you for your promptly reporting for an interview and for admitting your actions. So, hey, you know, you did wrong. You don't own up to it. Once again, this is the, the offseason of ownership. Hey, Stephen Ross, we're going to get to him in a minute more, folks. Uh, but Stephen Ross, let's, let's admit we've done wrong a little bit. Yes, yes. Admitting you've done wrong. All these NFL teams on the Brian Flores statement. Oh, everything's categorically false. Everything's categorically false. Never taking ownership for maybe some wrongdoing. I said may. We can move on. Ridley may t uh, petition for reinstatement on or after February 15th. Uh, 2023, pursuant to an NFL-NFLPA collective bargaining agreement, he may appeal his suspension by filing a notice within three days. I don't know if he has uh, appealed this. I have not read that at the current moment. But uh, that's what it is at the current moment with uh, Calvin Ridley. Suspended for a year for potentially ruining and damaging the integrity of the game. Now, those words by... Roger Goodell, <laughs> integrity of the league. And once again, let's go back to the official statement. One second, folks. Excuse us. All right, so once again, the language, the integrity of the game. Let's go back to the official statement put up by Roger Goodell about when the whole Brian Flores situation came to light. Once again, uh, Roger Goodell didn't really kind of... Um 100% direct these comments to Brian Flores, but Brian Flores has that kind of lawsuit, and then like the next day or two, Roger Goodell puts out a statement saying, hey, we can all do better about diversity equality inclusion yes little coincidental that it came out but once again uh you know roger dell doubling down saying we've done nothing wrong but here we go this this um uh these last two kind of paragraphs here kind of sealed the deal for roger dell let's keep the same energy with stephen ross yes calvin ridley suspended for an entire year this is the player but now if we're getting the owner directing losing let's also kind of keep the integrity of the game in mind and have a tough sanction on stephen ross if it is proved to be true tough sanctions and i want more than just stephen ross having to kind of be away from the tier uh team for a year because from the 
the ownership to the player. Yes, the player should know better, but this is the owner of a team. A little bit more uh, higher place than the player, yes? So here we go. This is what Roger Goodell said in the statement about Brian Flores. He says these two paragraphs. Here we go. We understand the concerns expressed by Coach Flores and others this week. While the legal process moves forward, we will not wait to reassess and modify our strategies to ensure that they are consistent with our values and long-standing commitment to diversity equity and inclusion. In particular, we recognize the need to understand the lived experience of diverse members of the NFL family to ensure that everyone has access to opportunity and is treated with respect and dignity. We also take seriously any issue relating to the integrity of NFL games. These matters will be reviewed thoroughly and independently. We expect that these independent experts will receive full cooperation from everyone associated with the league or any other member club. As this work proceeds, there it is, the integrity of the game. Steven Ross is threatening the entire integrity of the NFL because if the owners are directing the coach to lose games and also not just directing them, incentivizing them, hey, 100K, every loss, there it is. Hey, you want to lose some games? Hey, kid, you want to lose some games? <laughs> you want to lose some games, kid? So, yeah. Hey, you're going to suspend Calvin Ridley for an entire year? What do we do with the ownership? You must make him sell the team because that, that I would not be a fan if Steven Ross is still the owner of the Dolphins. We are Dolphins fans over here. If he is still the owner, I would not be a Dolphins fan. That goes against everything that I stand for, that I believe in about competition and all that. And if the owner is directing the coach to lose games, folks, I am done with that organization until he is fired. So if you're just doing a year suspension for Steven Ross, that that's worse than Calvin Ridley betting on games. This man is actually truly influencing the outcome. Calvin Ridley had no outcome, had no real way to have the outcome of those games change because he was on the couch in Atlanta. So, Roger Goodell, let's keep that same energy. Yes, yes, yes. Man. So, Calvin Ridley, I think it's only fair that he was suspended for the year. Um, and now kind of why everybody, you know, there's a lot of kind of um, arguments why he shouldn't be punished. A lot of people are saying, well, the NFL is making money on betting and they're promoting betting everywhere. Yeah, they're promoting betting for consumers for the fans I mean there's always been betting on sports folks even you know when there was no mobile betting when everything wasn't even legal you still were not allowed to bet on NFL games that was always the case bookies or just kind of people that you know you were never even allowed to bet on games just like that so yes folks just because there's mobile betting just because it's advertised anywhere the player still can't bet on that folks okay I don't like that argument really at all uh what is the other argument uh um, mm, I think there was another one and I lost it. Damn it. Um, bu -bu 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one. Uh, the other argument about the whole year suspension, why people say it's too much because, you know, uh, you know, players getting domestic violence charges, you know, they're only suspended for two games. Calvin Ridley suspended for, you know, the entire year. Once again, we can be mad at the NFL's policies on suspensions on other matters. That's a total separate issue, folks. We're talking about the integrity of an entire league, an entire, uh, the integrity of a business that is a billion dollar industry every single year. We're talking the integrity of competition. It's a little bit different than domestic violence. Yes, domestic 
domestic violence shouldn't warrant a two-game suspension, something way more, uh, way, way more severe. I understand that. So comparing two-game suspension for domestic violence to uh, a whole year suspension for gambling, it's not the same, folks. So uh, however you slice it, Calvin really he's got to be suspended, folks. This is ruining, potentially ruining the integrity of the game, folks, that we all know and love. An entire day dedicated to one sport, to one industry, folks, football. And if you ruin the integrity of that, that all goes away. And it can go away just like that, folks. Integrity can be taken away. Public trust can be taken away just like that. I was born into the NFL, folks. The NFL was long uh, around way before I was born, folks. This is an institution that plans to continue to be an institution. And they know that they cannot have any doubt, any doubt in public trust or the institution collapses. And football as we know it is truly wrong ruined and destroyed so Calvin Ridley suspended a year I agree I agree and I agree even more if he was going against our picks if he was actively watching takes by fans and going against our picks it should be two years for Calvin Ridley for disgracing us for uh losing the public trust in us he's defaming us I might have to I might have to do a lawsuit on Calvin Ridley now um I have to find out what the bets are um and see if he went against them because if he's trashing our name if he's going around town being oh takes by fans doesn't know what they're talking about and betting opposite us I mean that's defaming me me. I think I have to sue Calvin Ridley. So, uh, be I'll, I'll keep the status of that lawsuit going on on our Twitter. I may be going after Calvin Ridley. Alrighty, folks. That's going to do it for us today. We got to get out of here. Aaron Rodgers back with $153 million new deal. Uh, everybody's saying it's fake. Some people are saying it's fake. Some people are saying it's real. So, we'll let uh, the social media detectives figure that out for the day being. We'll come back. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But Aaron Rodgers staying in... Green Bay, uh, wanting some more money, but that, you know, once again, categorically false. The NFL said Stephen Ross paying Brian Flores, which categorically false. We'll see, folks. It's going to get interesting. It's going to be an interesting offseason, folks. Alrighty, folks, we got to get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We're back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, doing it all over again and uh, getting to our NFL final thoughts for the AFC North. Alrighty, folks, we're going to keep hitting betting, folks. We're going to keep hitting betting. That's all there is to it. All right, folks.